Welcome to BDO in the Boardroom, a podcast series for board of directors and those charged with governance. Each episode features a topical discussion with board peers and subject matter experts on both trending and timeless boardroom issues, covering a myriad of issues including, but not limited to, mitigating risk in the increasingly digital world, navigating your board career, from landing your first board seat to succession planning in support of the next generation, to other top of mind issues such as ESG reporting, shareholder activism, and the insights we share through the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Let's get started. Hello, I'm Mike Williams. I'm a tax partner with BDO US and the leader of our national tax risk services practice. I am joined today by James Eggert, a partner with BDO UK and the leader of BDO UK's tax assurance and risk management practice. Welcome and thank you for joining us, James. It's a pleasure, Mike. Good to speak to you again. Great. Uh, and it, so we have a couple of questions, a number of questions we wanted to um, discuss as part of our uh, podcast, uh, the first of which um, relates to operational tax risk management. And, and as you know, tax operational risk management is a, not a new concept. However, while some countries have mandates to follow guidance established by the OECD, as you know, the U.S. does not. What makes managing tax risk important for U.S.-based companies? Uh, okay, Mike, that's a good question. Thank you very much for that. And, and uh, you're quite right. You introduced me as the U.K. lead so it's always very difficult for me to to sort of uh, uh, not refer to my day job, which is very much supporting UK businesses in managing their own tax risk and how they uh, sort of develop a culture of no surprises in relation to tax within their business. And I think probably some of the words we're going to talk about as we uh, uh, progress over the next 15 or so minutes is, is words like uh, governance and tax control frameworks and tax operating models, et cetera, that I think both you and I are familiar with because there is an overlap in the US. But your question absolutely was about the US. I am, however, going to just start by setting some background about the UK because you did man mention that some countries have various mandates. And in the UK, a bit like other jurisdictions across the EU and actually further afield, we do have legislative uh, 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 pieces of regulation. So we have laws which refer specifically to how large corporates and businesses need to manage their tax risk. So in the UK, for example, we have legislation like the Senior Accounting Officer, which requires CFOs and those who have oversight of uh, tax accounting arrangements to essentially assess their risks and controls on an annual basis and to provide a formal certificate to the UK tax authorities, the HMRC, in relation to whether or not they think that their risks and controls and how they manage their tax accounting arrangements is appropriate. And if they fail to do that, it's actually results in a personal fine. Also, HMRC have an, uh, uh, an attestation called a business risk review where they come in and they look at how risks are managed within uh, a particular business. So looking at sort of inherent tax risks, risks in relation to compliance and governance. 
So in the UK, we do have actually these mandated requirements, which, of course, uh, encourages people to uh, stand up and take notice, especially the board and the NEDs and the CFO. And I know that in Ireland, there's a similar piece of legislation as there is in Germany and Poland. You're required to publish your tax strategy. The South African Revenue Service, SARS, is, is all over this, as is the Australian Tax Office. So there's pockets of this mandated requirement on a global basis. And of course, the OECD looks at that as well. So that was my introduction, but now I'll try to answer your question. Uh, I do, you know, if, if you're looking at it from a US perspective or any large global business, tax risk is increasingly important. And, and what we're finding is whoever we talk to, and we do, you know, Mike and I, you, you and I, uh, uh, you know, we work together on a lot of global initiatives. Right. But there's a common theme, isn't there? The common theme is that tax risk is increasingly on board's agendas. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing senior stakeholders in the business, as well as external stakeholders, whether it's investors, etc., really wanting a culture of no surprises when it comes to tax risk. And occasionally there are war stories where things are met, missed. So in the UK, we have a lot of focus at the moment, obviously, in cross-border and transfer pricing issues. We have a lot of things which we call IR35 here in the UK, which is all about off-payroll labour and uh, making sure that's taxed appropriately. And the board are sensible people. The people on the board know what to look out for and they know to ask tax questions and especially the NEDs. So they're asking a lot of questions around what is going on within the business to make sure that there is that culture of no surprises. I think, you know, it's not just operational, it's not just compliance, but it's, it's strategic and commercial as well. So to answer your question, even without the mandate, and required regulation, my my view, and definitely the view of large businesses that I speak to, is that the board and senior stakeholders are asking questions around tax, and therefore increasingly tax risk is something which is sort of front and centre of people's minds. Right. I agree. Thanks for that. My second question is actually a two-part question. The first, yeah. first part is how does tax risk fit in with the risk approach of the broader organization? And then secondly, how involved should the board risk committee get? Um, okay, good questions. Um, uh, uh, and uh, oh, I quite like the first question. I think the answer to the second one is how involved should the board risk committee get? I think relatively well. Well, we'll come back to that one. But the first question was, I think, uh, how does tax risk fit into the broader organization? And I have one of my favorite quotes. Now, I've been working in the area of tax risk for about 15 years, and, and, and my background is various firms. And I take this quote with me wherever it go, I, I go. But I do believe that 80% or the majority of tax risk comes not from what the tax or finance teams do, but actually from the wider operational decisions of the business. Right. So people who are involved in strategic commercial decisions, whether it's HR or procurement or finance or M&A teams or, or people on the ground, they will make decisions that have a tax impact. So whether it's making, you know, buying something or acquiring a, a new company, there's always something which is going to have a tax impact. And the risk is, of course, if the broader organization is not aligned to where tax risk could arise, or if the broader organization fails to escalate up areas of potential tax risk, 
that's when you have the issue. And apologies for, I think I'm quoting one of your previous vice presidents here, but I think it's those unknown unknowns, isn't it? it it's, it's being able to spot where there is a potential tax risk within the broader organization and escalating it up, which is important. And, and this is where I'm gonna use those words I threatened you with earlier. But I think that wider governance is important. And governance is defined in my view as having clear accountabilities and responsibilities in relation to tax operations and tax risk. And that doesn't all fall within finance and tax. The broader organization and the broader risk approach should be that in a way, the organization is like the first line of defense whenever there's a tax risk. And there needs to be that control framework to identify, escalate tax risk in the business, mm -hmm. to know what to look out for and to escalate up. Right. My uh, second one was about how involved should the board get in tax risk? I think Correct. that's it. Right. Yeah. Um, well, they don't need to get into the detail, do they? They don't need to know that there is a sort of a, a sales and uh, use tax risk on a small $50 purchase in uh, Wisconsin. That, I mean, I would say that any board or member of the board or mem member of the, 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 the audit risk committee probably needs to be aware of what their top, say, five tax risks are in a business. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, obviously, Financial services will have something different to construction, which will have something different to, to e-commerce, which is uh, a, a can of worms as well. But essentially, those risks would, would, would be typical risks that we would see around cross-border issues, mm -hmm. residency issues, etc. And so I would expect you know, the board to be interested in those key risks in the business and how they are monitored, reviewed and, and, and tracked. Also, uh, and we might come to this later, I would like the board really to be able to define what the tax risk appetite of their business is. Mm -hmm. And there might be a lot of reasons which would define what their tax risk appetite is. So, you, you know, in the, in, the, in the UK, for example, you get a lot of, how can I put it? organizations with a brand or are in the public eye or have a high profile or very aligned to um, ESG. We use ESG in the States? Yes. Environmental, social, yeah. We do. So uh, organizations like that would have a lower tax risk appetite. So they would be very adverse to anything which could be conceived to be aggressive tax planning. But of course, other businesses might not the board need to understand where their line is. So what is their line in terms of their tax risk appetite? And that should be fed and understood within the wider organization, definitely within right. tax and finance. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's probably a good segue into our next question. And I know you have worked in the tax risk space for quite some time, but what are, what other types of questions have you heard from board members and or senior leadership related to tax or tax risk? Um, yeah, well, I, I no longer hear the question, why Why do we need to worry about tax? That doesn't happen anymore. And what is tax risk? That doesn't happen anymore, quite so much anymore anyway. Um, uh, uh, but we do get quite a lot of questions uh, about tax. And it's interesting. I'm, I'm sure you've done the same. Uh, I'm often asked to come in and present to the board or the ARC about various tax issues and 
uh, uh, you know, current developments in the world of tax and macro environmental issues and reputational issues. So they are asking more questions. As I mentioned before, you know, boards and NEDs, you know, do pick up on what is current in the uh, macro environmental space. And they know where there can, can be risks. I mean, they're intelligent people and they will ask intelligent questions. And, you know, I, I mentioned one or two of these before. I think really cross-border issues, transfer mm -hmm. pricing, residence issues, which you would get where, you know, you, you enter new jurisdictions and potentially you could have a permanent establishment, um, et cetera. And the, and the board will be aware of where perhaps some tax authorities have a stricter tax code than others and where it's more difficult to do business. Um, they would also be aware of reputational issues and tax transparency issues. Of course, you know, the basic supply chain risk is important, which you would get anyway, but tax as part of the supply chain risk is, is also key. And maybe they would be aware of some of this regulation that I spoke about earlier. So you know, uh, I, I often have to present to, to international boards on on, on a new piece of UK legislation that is all about um, procedures in place to prevent tax evasion. So mm -hmm. boards would be aware of this Criminal Finances Act, which is quite big for us in the UK at the moment, and they'll want to know what is the company doing. And, ju and just picking up on that, I know it's not the US, but it has, has, it has had some global implications. So this CCO legislation, which is all about failing to prevent facilitation of tax evasion, Businesses need to respond to that. And I've seen deals and transactions sometimes falter and IPOs be stalled on the basis that a business won't have identified that. Mm -hmm. And when I go in to do a tax risk review and talk to the board, I will say, these are the kind of risks that you're, you should be considering. And these are the kinds of risks we would expect your business to be responding to. And mm -hmm. that would be one of a few, such as the transfer pricing. So uh, to answer your question, they are... <laughs> What types of questions do we hear from board members? I would say the answer is intelligent questions. Right. And questions just indicate they know, you know, they've done the research. Sure. Makes sense. And in terms of the types of reputation pressures, what should board members take note of that can that can be influenced by the organization's tax strategy? Okay. All right. That's that's a good question. So what have I picked up on that? I've heard what types of reputational pressures. Now, mm -hmm. reputation is key, isn't it? So, uh, uh, and you can have reputation uh, in terms of your brand. Uh, obviously, um, any uh, uh, impact on reputation or, or profile or negative uh, uh, PR can impact the bottom line to some extent. But of course, I would say reputational pressures would include to the tax authorities as well, because you and I know, Mike, that you don't want to annoy HMRC or, or, or the IRS, so that you've also got to consider it that perspective right. and you also said about an organization's tax strategy so for me tax strategy really is defined by you know how sort of tax principles about how a business wants to manage their tax operations and if you sort of wrap that up in terms of reputation and i'm going to use the word governance again i would say that any large business would start to we should really have a clearly articulated tax strategy that is approved by the board. Now, I'm not saying that has to be published and put in the public domain, although any a lot of US businesses are already doing that because there's various global requirements to do so. But why it should be articulated and, and ideally approved by the board is it 
kind of sets those expected standards of conduct and how tax should be undertaken in the business. That mm -hmm. includes a tax risk appetite that I've mentioned before. And if that's articulated, it should then be rolled out to relevant stakeholders in the business and embedded in their everyday behaviours. In other words, and bringing this round back to tax risk is where we started. Right. So the business, you know, if you have that tax strategy articulated and distributed in the business and embedded in the business, it will be all about these people on the ground as a first line of defence, knowing what can create tax risk and exposures, what behaviours are simply not acceptable from a tax risk perspective, and importantly, when to be able to pick up the phone to somebody in tax and finance and say, I've identified this, I've seen that. So that's always the strongest. Obviously, they have talked about first line of defence. I'm sure most people on the call have come across the three line of defence models. So the first line of defence is where people on the ground will identify risk and, and escalate that up. The second line of defence is really what tax and finance are doing to manage tax risk. Uh, and the third line of defence would be uh, uh, you know, auditors or, 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 or internal audit or, or, or a separate review, just making sure everything is covered. So that, that, that's how I define it. And of course, you can visualize that in different ways uh, in terms of sort of a funnel or a triangle. But uh, uh, that's what I mean by that. Mm -hmm. I agree. And are there, are there any high risk tax processes that could have a significant impact on a board's strategic focus? And in, in, I'm referring to both positive and negative um, impacts. Um, uh, yeah, it's difficult to answer this question without sort of revisiting what I've 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 already spoken about. But I I mean, I, in terms of these sort of high risk tax processes, anything cross border mm -hmm. that we've seen. And actually, I'm going to go off on a slight tangent on this one. You know me well enough, Mike. It's very difficult for me not to go off on a tangent. Mm -hmm. But I mean, one of the um, and it'll probably link into the reputational pressures for the question that you've asked before. But one of the high risk, you know, in terms of high risk. Uh, tax practices, anything cross-border, as I mentioned, and the reason is, of course, because that's where the, you know, that's where the tax authorities are looking, and and the tax authorities are much more joined up now, aren't they? So you know, HMRC will talk to the IRS to talk to the German tax authorities and and the French tax authorities, and 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 they will share data, and of course, um, most people are probably familiar with, you know, the uh, you mentioned OECD earlier, but there's all sorts of country-by-country country reporting and public CBCR, and you've got FATCA in the US. So that sharing of information and data, and I think any sort of, uh, um, uh, uh, any any information that it can be shared between various different uh, tax authorities on a global basis needs to be properly managed, and that the board need to be aware of the risks and the uh, processes involved in putting that information uh, together. And I, I won't talk about this very, very much. It's on the front page of all our UK papers, um, but there was a, 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 the release of the Pandora papers, where they investigated various different um, companies and businesses and how they manage their tax operations. You know, always, there's always that risk in the background as well. So I think in terms of knowing what uh, knowing your corporate structure, knowing how internationally you're set up, knowing the um, flows of funds and how transfer pricing works. Those are the kind of processes and the international uh, um, uh, issues, cross-border issues, which I think are important. Having said that, and I did promise not to get too technical, I mean, a lot of the risks and 
that we see in terms of that could have an impact on the board strategic focus in the UK. And I don't know if this is the same for you. So we've had to completely revisit, all businesses have had to completely revisit how they um, employ staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, IR35 came in in the UK, which I mentioned earlier, but essentially that, that required a lot of businesses to look at how they pay people off payroll. And if you think about your question, which was the impact on the board's strategic focus, there was a lot of focus on how to bring people onto payroll to avoid that risk particularly happening. So there's always something which is going on, which is high on the board's agenda, which Mm -hmm. makes the operational activities within the business um, uh, 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 change. Right. Yeah, thank you for that. And and actually, the last question I had, you know what you've you've really spoken to already, um, and that was you know what are some of the highest areas of tax risk for for organizations and boards to remediate or monitor? Is there you know I mean, you mentioned cross border, you mentioned you know business activities, transactional risk, so on and so forth. Are there any other areas worth mentioning as we as we you know close out with um, podcast? Okay, yeah. Well, you sound you sound like one of my clients for that question, Mike. It's quite quite a lot. <laughs> Basically, asking you know what are the what are my risks? What I should be looking at? Um, I don't know. Let me let me be practical. I've been quite theoretical. So practically, uh, when we think about managing tax risk, what should the average head of tax or CFO do? And essentially, it's all about successful identification, assessment, prioritization, and reporting of risk. And Often people don't know where to start on that. And so often I say, why, you know, separate tax risk into various different buckets. And these buckets are recognized, whether it's COSA framework or OECD or words that everybody will be familiar with, but you can have strategic risk, operational risk, transactional risk, compliance risk, et cetera. And all of that works from a tax perspective. So if we look at strategic risk, you know, we've talked about a lot of those things already in terms of how a business is set up in term and commercially or, or or in terms of its corporate structure. What I haven't touched on, I suppose, is is that sort of compliance risk, um, which is you know very you know is what we do as our day job, isn't it, day to day to make sure that businesses meet their compliance deadlines, whether it's VAT or sales and use tax or you know corporate tax compliance and getting the numbers right and that go flows into the underlying accounting data so your question was what are some of the highest areas of tax risk for organizations and i would say you know you can talk about strategic risks but don't forget about your everyday day-to-day compliance risk um, and also my comment earlier about 80 percent of the risk rises from the operations mm-hmm. so you know if there's just like marketing spend and um, sometimes people will sort of uh, uh, do deals or, or, or do promotions and there'll be a, uh, a sales and use tax or that impact of that and how that's managed. But I might end with a bit of a story, if that's OK, and I'll, I'll be careful what I, I say. It did involve, it was when I was in the US and it was before my BDO time, actually. Um, so it doesn't involve you, Mike, so it's, it's nothing to do with you. But I remember I was doing a... Um, I was doing a review with with one of my U.S. colleagues uh, many many years ago uh, in uh, uh, in the Midwest, and um, uh, it was like a three or four day tax review, and we were reviewing the the operations of the business. I remember that uh, we sort of talked to the head of tax about where does uh, he or she 
where did he or she think that the majority of or where the key tax risks were in a business? And we spent a lot of time going through the um, corporate tax return uh, and then being talked through how there was, um, you know, how the, that, that person managed a $100 uh, uh, error here and a $50 error there. And actually what we completely missed or what the, you know, we found out, but what wasn't discussed by by the head of tax was the fact that there was a a, a, a significant multi-million dollar adjustment uh, due to how something was, I'm going to be very bland here, I'm not going to give much away, but how something was uh, uh, inaccurately set up within its corporate structure. So there were, you know, there was various uh, uh, flows of funds and one of them just wasn't appropriate because of how the uh, business was set up from a corporate structure perspective. So while we were focusing on 50 and and $100, the elephant in the room was completely missed by the tax team. And so my answer to this question is, if you're looking at the highest areas of tax risk, mm-hmm. you know, it, it look at everything, but don't get bogged down into the detail. Occasionally step back and think about where could those unknown unknowns come from? Where could there be a big you know, potential if, if, if the IRS or UK HMRC came in and lifted up a few stones, where, where could those risks lie? So sometimes, even if it's a board, just step back and have a look at where tax risk could arise within the business. And sometimes you need that sort of strategic oversight to do that rather than just look at, uh, look at the day-to-day detail. Right. Makes perfect sense. Well, James, that concludes our session today. I want to thank you for joining me, and I want to thank you to our listeners. Good. It was a pleasure, Mike. Likewise. See you soon, hopefully in Boston. Thank you for listening to BDO in the Boardroom. Past episodes and related insights are available at bdo.com slash BDO Boardroom. Or you can go to iTunes or Spotify to rate, review, and subscribe. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of BDO. For more information on the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting and the resources we provide, visit bdo.com slash bdo knows governance.